Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 38-year-old from Elmira, Ontario, a two-time Cherry Cup champion, a Sutherland Cup champion where he scored the game-winning goal, an ACH champ with the Brantford Blast, a CHA All-Tournament and second-team All-Star, with the Niagara Purple Eagles, where he was also a champion. And he was a five to six year <clears throat> participant of pitcher, batter, catcher. Um, welcome to the podcast, Andrew Lackner. Oh, Brent, thanks for having me. What, a, what an introduction that was. Very, very entertaining to hear all of um, well, today's episode is actually brought to you by Peachy Keen Studio and Lakeside Organic Glow. Um, and we'll get into that briefly. But to start the episode off, Drew Banger, um, I talk about how we know each other. Um, I guess we'll start with we went to kindergarten together, right? With uh, my sure did. Do you remember and who was our teacher, teacher Brent? <laughs> yeah, my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> I got good grades that year. <laughs> And who else is in that class with us? My brother-in-law, Scoot, Scott Weber, yes. The former mascot of the Elmira Sugar Kings. Yeah. So um, needless to say, it started off pretty early for us, eh? It did. And then um, I actually uh, found in my garage this week when I was rooting few, through a few things to find out if I had some stuff on you. And I found the... Uh, I guess it would have been the minor novice or major novice program. Um, and um, yeah, good uh, player profile of you in that program. Um, so we were on the Woolwich team. That was a bit of a dynasty. And I also found the, the, the VCR and the tape for the Preston 1993 championship game. And when I put it in the VCR to get a couple clips, it ate the tape. Oh, I haven't watched that in since oh, you're at probably. my parents' house in a deck. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I have the copy of it too because your dad was a coach and he copied it for everyone. And when my parents still lived on Sunset, they had a VCR and I watched it. I can't remember when, but it was, I mean, if you talk about win. teams there, like the talent we had for for minor hockey from a town of I know it's grown now but for us to have a team like that in our age group for 1983 and like what was it four years in a row we won 
Um, and like, uh, yeah, like to be honest, when you look back on it, that we were all the same age and um, there's yourself. I already gave your introduction and then there's me, there's Weidman episode 21. Um, and then Rodney Bauman who played, uh, I think he won the OHL, right? With Ottawa. And, um, I think so, yeah. and then Adam Hogg, who also got a full scholarship and played some pro. Um, that was all one 1983 single A hockey team in Elmira before <laughs> it was a big town, right? Yeah. Before we grew out of that and moved on to higher levels and then Dennis won his way, obviously to his career and the rest of us went our ways. Yeah. We, we chopped along to try to find our way, but never quite made it. So, well, we did the best we could. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess there's a lot of things why we know each other. It was hard to really write down which parts I'd put here. Cause it's basically my entire life. Um, but we worked together at the Elmira golf course on the grounds crew. Um, we both started out there and I think at a healthy $6 and 40 cents an hour, right? I think it was 675. I think that was the minimum, the absolute minimum wage when we were the summer of grade nine going into grade 10 or was it 10? And I think it was nine into 10. Yeah. We, I think we but, worked there a couple summers there for, yeah. But we had some fun doing that too. And, um, you know, we worked the, the bunkers and the greens and, uh, you know what, uh, you showed some real promise out there. Um, but anyways, moving on is, um, the other parts that we know each other is I think we got to get a healthy deep dive into this actually pitcher batter catcher. Um, could you explain to the crowd what pitcher batter catcher was to you? And then I'll give anything you might miss out like what it what it meant to me no what it was like what what, what it what was we did yeah with our buddies tell the story of those five <laughs> six years so it began with just an old Mennonite pastime of you know you'd have three guys you'd have a pitcher like the name is a pitcher a batter and a catcher and it evolved into an event that is hard to imagine the magnitude of it. I think the one time out at Bases, we had grounds crews, we had beer gardens, we had, you know, a built a backstop, a mound. Like it was insane. Um, a, a, a Saturday filled with cracking beers at about 7.30 to... A.M. <laughs> in the morning too if you made it that was the night for the boys to go down to the old stampede corral in kitchener and well the one year there it got a little intense but um, it, uh, it it's hard to i think some people might look at it and say you guys are idiots but to to us who participated in it it was something to warm up to it was it was almost like the the streets of new york with stickball and how they take it seriously that's that was pvc to the to us well like for like my vert so like literally um it started i remember one day in my backyard when a few of us were there hanging out having beers and we were just sitting there and we were all 
like athletes and we like competing. And I think it was it, whoever it was says, well, you ever played pitcher, batter, catcher. And then we played in the backyard and then we all got so into it that like, that's what we would do on weekends. We'd get together and play pitcher, batter, catcher. And then we decided to have a year end tournament the first year. And then that year end tournament I, well, the first year was at my parents' house, which I was the champion with Rodney Bauman. And, um, you know, I did take the inaugural one down, but uh, my parents came home from Kincardine from the cottage and there were foul lines painted. There was a picnic table from somewhere. Um, there was a beer gardens and they got back and we had a full baseball tournament set up in their backyard. And they'd been, they'd been gone pretty much to King Carden that whole summer right like we would we, we would were running a golf course and then we would whether we were 17 or not go have some beers or whatever and then that was that was our summer right yeah it was it was Brent's summer he basically had a house to himself 17. and then your parents chose to come home the one time that we were having the huge in the middle not, of the not finals even a, in the middle of the yeah. championship day of the summer yeah. so after that year um we did not have it at my house we outgrew our backyard then it went to Weidman's backyard where we had the the big blue tarp up which was like the green monster um so basically folks the way the rules are is if you hit it past the pitcher on the ground it's a single there's a there's foul lines. If you get a past a certain tree, it's a double in the air. Um, if you get struck out, it gets caught. You're out, you know. And then you just keep track of runners and where they're at. And there's only two people on a team. So, what would happen is each year on the Friday night, all of us dandies would get together. About what it started out maybe about. 12 guys, and by the end, I think there was about 26 guys were showing up to it, but. You'd have a draft, uh, um, pull names out of a hat to see who your partner was. And uh, that generally um, would, you'd have an idea if you had a chance the next day at the, at the draw. But I guess, Andrew, you never did win, did you? I didn't. And I, I knew that was on the tip of your. I actually played golf with Kevin Wellwood today and said, hey, you know, Brent's going to ask me for sure about pitcher, better catcher. And no, I never won. I always thought, you know, I was paired with Woody and I thought I had to be the guy that pitched and I'd throw out my arm and then I would lose and say, I, I can't, I can't carry, basically I can't carry a team. And then the next year, Woody ended up winning. So I, I can clearly look in the mirror, looking back and say, I was the one who wasn't good enough to win the title. And um, it, I, was, I just it was just not you. my destiny to win. I'll, I, I just, I, I remember you taking every round Robin game so seriously and you would pitch so hard in the first game to the last game and, and, you know, you'd have some teammates maybe that couldn't pitch, but when you're throwing a tennis ball as hard as you can the entire day, there were some days where I'd see you leaving the field, like crying, like crippled because, and you weren't even to the semifinals yet. Like you, you would try harder than anybody. And you're a talented baseball player, Andrew. I'm not saying you're not, but um, I'm a two-time champion and I never played baseball. So, you know, sometimes maybe you got to let Woody pitch, man. I understand that it's hard for me to, you know, looking back at 38, I could probably say, Hey, you know, 
put the put the ball down and put it in someone else's hands but at you know 18 19 17 years old like I wasn't doing that I wanted to be I wanted to pitch perfect games I wanted to throw it right through the backstop right that was me you were a great pitcher you threw some heat man and like it was amazing how many athletes we had in our group um but like so after Weidman's year, we took it out to Bases in Linwood, Ontario, and he had uh, there his parents had a great setup. Um, may they rest in peace. But like they had an incredible setup, right? Like and yeah, um, we they were kind enough to let us go get the pile of dirt for the mound. We painted yeah. foul lines in their yard, um, and my brother-in-law scoot who built some homes here now um he even was a carpenter at the time and built a full-blown backstop <laughs> with chicken wire and the whole deal and this was all in their backyard and like you say the sandlot's cool like you should have seen pitcher batter catcher right and the the beer gardens and just people who like could you okay we were obviously involved like we're playing right we're we're competing but for somebody to, I'm sure it was calls back then, calling them and say, hey, do you want to go to Linwood? We're going to go to a pitcher, batter, catcher tournament and sit on, you know, the Basler deck. And then it was just, people would come and go and people would, we'd had the, didn't we put like fencing out for the home run and people would sit like in, it was like the bleachers. In the outfield, out in the outfield. Yeah. they'd sit in the outfield. We had a snow fence up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it literally was the most fun day of the, it was like Christmas every year. And um, I don't want to get off topic yet because there's still more to talk about was everybody would get dressed in their own like outfit, right? Like you'd have Chauncey and his, his Atlanta Braves outfit from when oh, he yeah. was a kid. You'd have everybody <laughs> in different outfits. And then what you'd use is a tennis ball and a little wooden bat like you'd use in like T-ball. And man, it was so much fun. Like, and then we'd all put in 20 to, I think it was 20 to 50 bucks for the day, which was your food for the day, the barbecue. And then also winner took all the money. And if they didn't spend it on everybody that night at the bar, they would just get shamed. Right. But you're also part of the entry fee was a, a sleeve of tennis balls and they, they better not be in plastic. Right. Like in plastic bags, those they better no be good. new, and there better be a pop when you open. <laughs> they that had sucker, to be right? U.S. Open tennis <laughs> tournament ready balls that Absolutely. were firm and had the seams on them, so we could try to throw curveballs with a tennis ball and really damage our elbows. Right. Oh. Well, like it's <laughs> like shoulders. I still go to my brother-in-law's garage and I see the trophy up in his uh, in the shop, and I guess he won the last one, but. I remember we were all getting to that age where people started getting married and I actually had to go to Germany on July 1st. And I was like, if you guys don't do it this year, it will never happen again. And you guys mm -hmm. all were like, well, there's like five weddings this year. We're like, we can't fit it in and sure to shit. It never happened again. It did. But I mean, and even if we tried to, could you imagine if no. we tried to, started it up again it'd be insane like, oh god I, I tried to throw a ball for colby today and it felt like my shoulder popped out yeah see it's <laughs> it, it may have died when 
it did maybe that was the right time because it no, was and you're right and uh, well, how much but, how much we don't know how much better it could have got right like it was incredible it really was like when when you had fans and i'll never forget um the year we tried to have a full-time umpire and um told the guy we'd give him beers to be a full-time ump because the umpiring was um it people were so competitive our whole group was so competitive that yeah. <laughs> everybody was complaining about whoever would be the ump because they're on different teams and they're playing so we we got a neutral guy fletchy and i tell you that didn't go any better because by playoffs he couldn't even get into <laughs> the squad right like he couldn't even get down there and there'd be a ball five foot outside and he would just ring somebody up and man yeah. it was like there were gonna be fights over it it was hilarious well fletch likes to drink beers we know that cousin fletch likes to drink the beer so <laughs> oh man well i but tell yes, you i do remember that and it was he was it, it was bad umpire. it was good at the end. start bad at the end but like i'll never forget like when you get together a group of beauties like that, when we would literally play O Canada at 8 a.m., guys would all take their hats off, stand on the foul line, and we would play O Canada. And then as soon as it was over, the four guys would run out to the field and start the first game, and the other boys would, oh, man, it was just livid, wasn't it? And you would just get a insane sunburn from the day because it was gym shorts running shoes and tarps off that was from the get-go sun's out guns out yeah (laughs) if you got it (laughs) flaunt it right (laughs) well that might be that might be a crime now obviously if we went tarps off with the dad bods but Oh, yeah, no, it's, I've been cutting weight, potting in the shed here, you know, a lot of laughter. It's good for the abs, um, <laughs> but I'm still not comfortable taking my top off. But anyways, moving <laughs> on um, is other reasons we know each other. We'll get into with your hockey career, um, but some of the other ones that we need to get into before we even hit your hockey career here, because there's a lot of history here, Andrew, is um you were at my wedding party and I was in your wedding party, right? We were, that was, yeah. And it's, you know, Courtney and I have 10 years coming up next week. So. Well, and that brings me into uh, what I just booked today and uh, our sponsor here today. One of them is Bayfield Brewing Company who are kind enough to sponsor my podcast and I'm sipping on a hazy sunset again this episode because I liked it so much last episode. And it, listen to this, Andrew, this citrusy ale blends the refreshing taste of grapefruit and tropical fruits with the aroma and taste of an IPA. Their ha- hazy sunset New England pale ale is an ode to Bayfield's world famous sunsets. So sit back, soak up the sun and enjoy. And you know why that comes up, Andrew, is because in today's Friday, Sunday is Lisa and I's 12th anniversary and I am heading to the Bayfield Brewing Company because we are out of lockdown and I can actually go sit on their patio and check out Mm -hmm. my new sponsor's place and it looks incredible. I've seen their menu on the website. I've had their beers now and I tell you, I couldn't be happier with this uh, sponsor. Like 
They look right up my alley. They look like they're into food and beer. And that's exactly what I'm into and sitting on patios. <laughs> but hey, it seems like a great partnership that you've you've got there. So yeah, sure. that's 12 years. Um, that's Sunday, which you were in my And, and my congratulations aunt, to that. 12 years is awesome too. Thank you. you and um, sure. just fun fact for the crowd, folks, if you watch our wedding video 12 years ago, you can see Andrew Lackner used crutches as pole vaults and trying to jump over a chair, a bunch of chairs, and it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> that was at the reception, folks. He tried to use crutches to jump over a bunch of chairs. It did not work. <laughs> but great times being in each other's wedding parties because when I was in yours was in Annapolis, right? Yeah. And I met Super Dave, your uh, father-in-law now. And I went back there a week later and uh, stayed with uh, your new father-in-law the week after. Apparently, I've been to Annapolis twice in my life and I had two weddings in like two weeks. And it was, I really got to know the other side of your family. Eh? Yeah, and you played, I, I think you played some golf and then you stayed in the bedroom that Courtney and I sleep in when we go there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that day, yeah. that day, uh that day it was, was there so, a, was there a flood i i don't i it's it's slipping it's my memory time but ago right was there a flood or something because no so what so what happened so, where yeah no so what happened was um <laughs> andrew was um what happened was i got to annapolis baltimore and uh i met up with super dave who was so kind to let me stay there i get there fella gives me uh brand new golf shoes and says hey why don't you use these and keep them you can use them all day takes me out golfing at his course for free, pays for everything, buys me a few beers, lets me stay at his house for free. And I was like, wow, what a guy. And I was like, well, after golf, I, uh, I got to head into the, you know, Lisa's in the wedding party for this other wedding party or other wedding. So I got to show up to the dinner. I go there, have a few beers, you know, hang out with everybody but on that golf course that day it was like 50 degrees it was so hot man i was it so was tired oh man and i traveled all day and then we went out to that dinner and i was tired and i woke up disoriented and spilt a water bottle on their bed <laughs> is is that what you're saying you did right is that what happened <laughs> right well, you know my or, past, Andrew. Andrew, you know everything about me, so I don't think we need to get into this. You know my past. <laughs> hey, I'll respect your podcast, but if that's the story you were going with, I'm just saying, I'll, Super I'll Dave. Let... Thanks for thanks for the golf, <laughs> the shoes, the beers. I didn't mean to. Um, that water bottle. I I thought I put the lid on it before I went to bed, and um, apparently there was still water in the bottle <laughs> i guess the one thing that is in you know when they where they lived in carmel indiana there it their water sometimes that they buy does smell like urine right <laughs> so <laughs> if, if your listeners can read between the lines the I don't, I don't know. I don't think they can. I don't think any of them know me. From all the people that follow <laughs> the account on Instagram, basically all my old buddies and friends. Um, so I'm pretty sure they know what we're talking about, Andrew. So moving on. <laughs> okay. So you're saying when you played overseas and stuff, you never peed on any of your friends or anything? 
Um, I, <laughs> um, I, uh, I was a deep sleeper my whole life. Andrew it was a, th- it was a problem I've had since childhood and you know that. So I don't know why you're bringing this up because you're deflecting. Are we, are we going into why, how, when, or when it was revealed to us that you I was were a, special in a that, different way? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. What? Shut up. I, I don't know. What we're I don't actually going to bring up right now, since you talked about all this, is uh, we're going to talk about um, the night. This is another reason why we know each other. Is do you remember the time you were body checked the hardest in your career? I do. Which was it against? Was it against you? Western Michigan Broncos? Yes. But in the corner in Niagara, right in front of our friends. Yes. I'm pretty sure I made you shit yourself when I hit you that hard. <laughs> Very true. Do you remember another time when you basically hammered me? Right? Was in Team Ontario under 17 trials. Do you remember that one in Guelph? Did I reverse hit you? You crushed me. Like, <laughs> snot splasher like i'm like oh my god like and the one the one against western michigan in niagara obviously my home barn i'm like oh like (laughs) but folks this guy this kid here is like a bowling ball right i mean his center of gravity when he bends those knees you're not you're not he's not an easy guy to move (laughs) regardless if he's listed at five nine or maybe a generous five ten probably five, eight on, on, in high heels, but you're not moving him. Like if you're not, if you're not ready to take this, <laughs> this little tiger here will really, you know, turn the tricks on you. If you are, you know, geared in to hit him and you're not, you know, ah, you know, he's a skill guy. He has scored 58 goals in junior, right? No, don't do that. Words, words of the wise. Don't do that. I literally... Because then you look stupid, and then you hear about it on a podcast when you're 38, right? No, seriously, though. We went into the corner, and the puck was sitting there. And it was literally sitting there, like me and you, going skating up to a puck like, well, isn't this perfect? You got Shotzi, Weber, are all our buddies in the corner that have came from Elmira to Niagara to watch and this it, play. It would have had to happen. It would if those guys. Obviously, I'm, I know those guys were sitting there, yeah. so it would have been in the first period or third period because oh. those guys never watched. That's a stat we could go back on. <laughs> Brad Schantz and Scott Weber did not once watch a second period of a college hockey game. They did like to tailgate. They did like to tailgate. They convinced convinced my mother when she went to Kalamazoo that you were allowed to drink in vehicles if you weren't driving. Um, So then my mother would let them. Well, she drove around. But no, yeah, when when that puck was sitting there, we went to hit each other. I literally got low and came with everything I got. And I remember you were literally completely parallel to like the glass. (laughs) And I, and I, I hit you and the puck was sitting there and I could take it to the net. And I started laughing 
<laughs> it's it's really too bad that but Julie th- Sawyer or whoever from the Elmira Observer <sighs> didn't capture that moment. Oh my God! It would have been the best in picture a in a ever. photo for the the local. So picture, yeah, that well, so been... for the pod, right when we're thirty eight, so then we could talk about it because I still like I told Colby the story today. Like I'm like my best buddy in the world. I'm like this is what competing's like. Like this is like playing hockey. I'm like we're still best buddies at the end of the game, but like if he thinks he's going to hit me and I think I'm going to hit him, well, we're going to see who's going to hit each other. And it was just like pitcher, batter, catcher, bad. We competed our whole lives. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's... You weren't or ready you for tell your I, son, I put on a good 20. Never then. underestimate your opponent because <laughs> he's again, little. if they're, if they're five foot eight, they <laughs> still pack a punch and I'm living proof from it. <laughs> okay. See, all right. Now that has been quite a bit of how we know each other. So moving on to where and what are you doing now? So I live back in Elmira uh, with my wife and two girls. Um, I'm a police officer. Uh, I've been patrol officer for five years with Waterloo Regional Police. And that's basically what I'm doing. So when I retired from pro in, I think, 2011 or 12, I think was my last year. Um, My wife and I lived in just outside of Dallas for about a year and a half. And then we we moved back here. So it's been great. So I remember. By the way, that's a navigating lieutenant, if anybody heard me crack that. But um, the other thing is, is um, your wife now is uh, mm-hmm. the owner and runs Peachy Keen Studios, who, who are the sponsor today with my wife's company, Lakeside Organic Glow. And um, basically, if you book directly with Courtney Lackner here, which is Drew Banger's wife, um, out of Peachy Keen Studio in Elmira. Um, you'll, you'll get 15% off with Wally 15. And guess what she offers, folks? Very similar to Lakeside Organic Glow with Lisa. She does lash, lash extensions. Good English. Lash extensions. <laughs> sugaring. And I believe that's full body, folks. She's doing it all everywhere. Um, spray tanning. Um and also, she runs like a bit of an academy to uh, basically become certified in these areas. Um, my wife is uh, now certified in these areas, and uh, she's doing a heck of a job. And basically, if you're in Concordia, you want to go to Lakeside Organic Glow with Lisa, or if you want to go to Peachy Keen and Elmira, guess what, folks? All you got to do is say Wally 15, and that's 15% off any of their services. But you got to book direct with Courtney. She hasn't told her employees about this deal. This is directly with her. So, folks, I just think it would make my day. Whoever's going to be first, whether it's going to be a Peachy Keen or Lakeside Organic Glow, whoever is standing there naked, ready for a heavy spray or uh, maybe some sugaring, you know, I just want them to say Wally 15. That's all I want. That's what my heart wants. I just want them to say Wally 15 right before they get a heavy, heavy spray. Right, Andrew? And I'm not saying that it's only guys that listen to your pod. Females for sure could listen. But if guys are listening, 
getting your nostrils waxed is delightful. <laughs> like, or, you know, waxing or sugaring armpit hair is... So if I can plug that for Peachy Keen. Well, actually, what Peachy Keen said um, was, you, sir, have been tasered and maced, but you squirm, sweat, and shake when getting a full body sugaring like a, like, like a leaf. Like you're squirming, sweating, and shaking, but you can get tasered and maced, eh? I can. The, the thing with sugaring and the, the worst is tweezing eyebrows under here like I can take high sticks pucks but as soon as you get tweezers out and try pulling these or something like that I, I can't do it but are you getting some erratic hair growth in your old age <laughs> 38 yes it's gets weird it's eh? growing where it shouldn't sometimes but um, that's what sugaring's there folks Wally 15 <laughs> <laughs> oh bad um okay moving on though is that you were tasered um can you tell that story so part of training for um being a police officer for waterloo regional police but i'm sure it's standard for ontario is it's suggested you're not forced to do it but it's suggested that you get tasered during training period to know what it feels like to do that to a suspect, I guess you could say. So if you do end up, you know, using your taser and tasering somebody and it goes to court and, you know, somebody, you know, the lawyers ask, Hey, have you been, do you know what this feels like? You can say, yes, it's kind of to articulate that in court. However, if we're comparing that so for in training we you know the standard is to ride five seconds and it's just basically you know not too much jargon but it's locking up all your muscles so shooting one did you, prong, shit, did you shit yourself no but i stood up to like my body locked up so basically if you put your prongs you're aiming for one in the upper, so above the belt, like up in the shoulder blade, and one in the ass or leg, and that will lock everything up. And yes, like the training officer did that, and two guys were there to catch me going down, and it was just a reaction to go, oh, like, couldn't, like, uncontrollably. And then when I was laying on the ground, the like video. after five yeah. seconds went over, my calves were so fucking tight like i couldn't there he's like oh get up yeah good job yeah and i'm like i couldn't move like i was just like oh like <laughs> this is a real deal but if we're comparing that to pepper spray i'll take taser any day that getting pepper sprayed it is the worst like so why they pepper spray you they did that at Ontario Police College. Basically, they'd spray you and then you run through an obstacle course to try to open your eyes and do stuff. Like, it's just, it's chaos. <laughs> Again, to, yeah, but it's, it's like a terrible, feels like a horrendous sunburn. And then when you shower after, that 
coming off of your face and going down your body and if it's PG, but onto your horn is <laughs> awful. Like oh. you just want to scream, but oh. it's, it that's not fun. So, okay. Okay. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, one thing I did want to say though, is um, I know how hard you work. I know we're not too like after hockey, like now it sounds like everything's awesome and everything's sweet business. But I know how hard you work to become a police officer. Um, like I was there through the, uh, the mainly the downs for a couple of years where you tried, right? Like how long was it that you tried? Because I remember it was, it was a three year, three year process of, all right, I'm putting applications in. And you were fully committed for three years. Three years running when it was like the, the training to keep your certificate and doing that driving to the other side of Toronto every I think it was six months that it would expire and have to you know I remember it I remember a night at the cottage here in Concordon because basically every time you would come back to Canada or I would be in Canada like we would get together and it would be a time and we were having a time and then it was like end of the night near no, it was evening time or whatever time it was. And then all of a sudden you got a call that like you were out of the running for another job. And it was like, like we went from having a time to like, and like, but that's the thing is like, you were so committed and that's why you did it. That's why you made it. And I'm proud of you. So good job. There. Well, I think this I is a podcast. I, this is the only time I'm going to be this nice to you. So just take it, man. I appreciate that. I think. The one thing when we go to that cottage is I usually put my phone upstairs and I don't care who I'm with that weekend is who I'm with. I do not care, About but phones, I went up, yeah. I went up after maybe having a few too many and checked my phone. And I think it was an email from Hamilton or Halton or one of them and said, Oh, I'm sorry. You're unsuccessful. And I snapped. I I can apologize to you because I'm sure I can unglued. It was just, you know, me thinking this is never going to happen and just lost my mind. I I believe it was something like, I'm having a great night with my friends and I checked this (laughs) and just curse words. When you put put everything you got into doing something, um, that's the type of passion that happens right and now you're doing it then you go to the school and they're like well who wants to be tased and you were like well I'll do it and like that's kind of like the teammate you were on the team like as a hockey player you're just kind of like well I'll do anything like what do you want me to do I'll do it (laughs) so that's just who you are like that's what you do so moving on we haven't even got to your hockey career yet so this uh where and what are you doing now but you do have kids we we got discussed you have kids too yeah, I'm gonna. Well, our oldest is turning four next week, and we have a two year old as well. So they're busy times just keeping us on our toes around here and keeping us honest for sure. So <laughs> they keep us going, though. It's, it's oh, a different yeah. thing when you when you are raising kids. It's, well, it's yours are a little younger than ours, but yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, like it's you're in the busier time than us right now. I think like now my kids, as soon as they're done their schoolwork for the day, they just want to find friends, right? Like 
Mm-hmm. I, I've really noticed it lately. Like they want to be with their friends. Like I think with COVID, they're kind of sick of me, but anyways, yeah. So <laughs> congratulations on that as well. And Thanks, moving on now is minor hockey to the Elmira sugar things. Um, so give me that rundown. Cause like, we got to get into your actual hockey career. Now I know we're going to, this might be like a five hour episode here. <laughs> People probably turn it off when they get to the pitcher about to catch it. These guys are idiots. These guys are these guys are just a mess. <laughs> hey, if you can't get through it, folks, you can't get through it. Turn it off. <laughs> so I think we touched on uh, minor hockey in Woolwich, which a single A. I mean, it's Elmira is growing now in the like Woolwich Township, I guess, but. When we were playing that, it was, it, it, we, there weren't very many people. There weren't the, you know, subdivisions that were here and all these people here. But for, for us, the first four years, so all of novice, major and minor, and then minor and major Adam, we won all Ontario's. And we weren't, and I know you had Weidman on there before and mentioned Rodney Bauman, but these guys were, you know, of massive like Mennonites, massive right? And they were Mennonites. gigantic. And our coaches always had to like produce birth certificates and people couldn't believe. And this was before, like, thank God we didn't have hitting back then because it would have been, you know, have an ambulance on standby with these maniacs. But well, as soon as there was hitting, I remember Weidman hitting a couple guys because he was way bigger than people. Like oh, I yeah. got the picture of the program, man. I was 53 pounds. I think he was like well over double. I think he was a hundred and from if I remember, he was like a hundred and twenty or a hundred <laughs> something like that, but it was insane. Like we're eight, right? But <laughs> And Rodney with, he, he's got, he had bigger skates in novice than I do now. Like he had like size 10 skates, like <laughs> looked like he was on skis, but anyways, so then after, um, you Adam, went to Guelph sometime. I went to Guelph to try out and they had a rule that they could only have five imports and I was a sixth, So I got cut went to Waterloo, played there. And it was, it was what it was. It was a year. Um, the next year was major Kiwi, right? Did we both come back? Was that the Shellhorn? We played there? together. Yeah, we played together for that Shellhorn. And Brian Shellhorn. Yeah. yeah, that was the Brian Shellhorn saga. And then was it minor Bantam that we went back to? No, minor yeah. Bantam I played here. Again in Woolwich because my dad was coaching. Oh, really? And then you, we only played once in Guelph together. Once in Guelph. Well, in Major Bantam. Yeah. Um, so minor Bantam, I I came back because I was like, it was it just I just wasn't vibing in Waterloo. It wasn't my scene. We weren't very good. We had some good players like we had Brock Rudunsky and Schultz and other guys but we just we weren't good so anyways um came back my dad coached and then in the playoffs i went up and played with shauncey and rankers team and they went like their team went all the way to 
like the final finals. But and you were playing with them through the whole thing? Yeah. So, and then the next year was Guelph dropped that rule of imports. And I'm sure there were some upset people in Guelph who'd played AAA from. There were many Guelph kids on up. that team, were there? So, we, I think, if I correct me if I'm wrong, there might have been five or six from Guelph. And then Maybe. we had the Alora and Fergus crew, us from Elmira, you, me, and Hog. Like it was crazy. And we were, we were good. We, played, we, we were pretty good there. I think it, the big thing is like I've, I've always played on good teams. Like we've, I don't know why that is, but I've never really played other than maybe Waterloo was kind of a bust year. But other than that, I've played on good teams. So, so then- after that, we should, you yeah. went to the Sugar Kings. Like, when do you make the Sugar Kings? Wasn't there a year where you're like half Sugar King, half something mm-hmm. else? And I'm I was full Sugar King, but yeah. you were you and Hog were like half, right? That would have been major Bantam, right? So minor Bantam we played in Guelph, and then the next year would have been major Bantam we played Guelph, and that's when you get oh, drafted right. Right, to right. the OHL or whatever. And then right. I think I yeah. play the next year. So the next guys, year would yeah. have been the first year of of midget or whatever it's called now. But so I signed a, a midget card with the sugar. King. So I played, ended up playing, I think 28 games. I think Dunner played more as a call up than I did <laughs> in my first year of Kings. But then I played um, with the midget team, like Shauncey and Ranker and all those guys and played like, I think Hog and I signed the same card and we just played with them all year. And then would practice with junior club, and then I'd get my three yeah. shifts a game. So then, the but so game. let's okay, let's move on from that then. So then you do make the Sugar Kings full time, which is the next year, which is <clears throat> it would be the year like I start being better at hockey, you start being better at hockey, Hogger too. All of us local guys, we really ranker. Well, I think he was gone playing golf that year, but we all came mm-hmm. into our own and. Uh, like let's talk about the year like we won the Sutherland Cup so tell me your 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 memory of winning the Sutherland Cup that year was I mean I know we we did a zoom chat with all the boys 20 years after and that was bizarre like unbelievable to hear right like to get everyone rounded up to to talk about that but I think for me I was, I was too, I knew like hockey's great, but I didn't know like what we were doing, like was when we were doing it we, 20 years ago, you didn't realize yeah. that that would happen 20 years later. No. And when it did, like getting everybody together, that was a special night, man. That was unbelievable. And I'm hoping when COVID clears up here to, you know, be in person and play golf and, have beers with those guys would be well it's crazy how everybody's gotten back in contact like just last week or the other week like i got a text from natin and he was like do you want to play black horse with fish and i was like oh man i got plans today but like wow Mm -hmm. like i haven't seen you two in over a decade and like now everybody's talking again that's what winning does man like but the thing is is when you start talking to all your old buddies nobody's changed no it's it, I, it like you said it i mean 
you might not see these guys every day, but whether that's a cliche that, you know, winning championships connects you forever, like there, it, it seemed seamless whether guys were 20 years older than what we were, but to go back to that year was, I mean, we were down in the first round of Kitchener and we thought we were out. And then we were like, we, we always were, we're down, we're down, we're down. And then got to the, ended up winning our league and then went to the others. And I don't think on paper, I don't think anyone thought we should have won at all. I think Thorold, whether they want to say it or not, you know, sat their team to face us in the finals and we surprised them and ended up beating them. Right. But uh, it was, that it was, was for us to be hometown kids and to win in our hometown, like the whole thing, it was pretty crazy. And like, when you get older and like, then like you, you do so much more in hockey afterwards that like, you kind of forget, like, that was a huge deal. Yeah, and and I think, obviously, for us being hometown kids, like, it just seemed like like the entire town was there, but, like, the amount of people that were in the old Elmira Arena, like, fire code went out. The, like, there were so many people, and it was so loud. That yeah. ice surface was hard. to. I couldn't imagine coming into play in that but um yeah like yeah they may they may have let a few people in the back door hazy sunset (laughs) to win that to win that Sutherland cup was you know to play till that went into late may or middle of may or whatever right like that was unbelievable and then the next year i know someone asked it in that zoom chat with everyone was the next year's team. Cause we lost to Sarnia in the finals of Southern cup in seven games, but was that team better than the one the year before? And that's hard to say. I think on paper we were, but I don't think we had, I think it's a, know, it's a, Spearman and Agates and all those guys. Right? I think it's just like each year is totally different. Like yeah. the last year was like, like we had a power play that literally, like if you took a penalty, we were going to score. Like, yeah, we were well, going to. Fifty-eight that year, right? So right, and like we had a one a line that scored. Like if we went out there, we usually scored. And then the second line was really good with Machen, and then after that, mm-hmm. it kind of dwindled off a bit. But that other team was like four lines. Like we had the Agates line, we had Fearman, Hog, and me. And then you still had like there were it was deeper. It was and that's deeper mm-hmm. wins championships. But like realistically, the other team went to game seven and I hit the crossbar and we lost. And we did almost do it. Um, but like yeah, it still sucks. Like I remember freezing my hand to play those games in the finals, <laughs> and it was like I can't even feel my stick. Like, how am I supposed to shoot? All right. <laughs> I just, and that's, that's crazy to think how 
obviously you're doing that with Colby with how minor hockey's run now like that. It's totally different. And I, I've said to people, I said, I don't think I could do it. I really don't think I could survive and do in, what? Uh, like just how much they like in when we played junior, we practiced twice a week. Right. And they're on the ice every day. And like when we went to college after that, it was like, oh man, we got to practice every day. This is insane. Like, oh man, it was an adjustment. When we went to college and it was all of a sudden practicing every day, it was like, geez, like you do do this every day. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But I mean, in those teams, like in Elmira, to have the number of scholarships that we got off of that. And for me, like going to Niagara was awesome. I went with other Sugar Kings. I went with, uh agates who was on here and i'm hoping you'll get van nynaten on here because oh yeah we're getting him entertaining and brian mills that came in and you know it was it was good so i went to after junior i went to college at niagara university for four years Okay, hold on slow down you gotta slow down sorry slow down i want we we're we're still in winning the sutherland cup okay we're not going to niagara yet we're not there yet okay um, because Sorry. we haven't even talked about getting recruited to there yet. So you, you just slow down. Okay. okay. I know we Sorry, talked about your, uh, how we know cast. each other. Sorry. I know, I know we talked about how we know each other for way too long, but, um, like what I want to talk about is winning. So you do win and we learned how to win from those guys. I think as young bucks, like those sure. guys, we learned how to win that year. We almost did it the next year, but like, so getting recruited to Niagara, how do you go to Niagara? And I remember us as an Elmira Shuriking team that year, the final year, going to see Eggett's play episode five, folks, going to see Eggett's play as a team. And then you ended up going there the next year, right? Yeah. So there was nothing. It, that was literally just a team trip to Niagara. I had, I had no conversation with Niagara at that point other than I don't know if Eggets had said anything or whoever, if Nate Handerhand, who was, who was the one who was recruiting me and Jerry Fortin, if they were talking about me, I have no idea. But went to, you know, see Eggets there, kind of saw the campus, saw everything. But that year too, I also went on an official visit to Western Michigan. And went down there and it was great i knew you were already signed to go there i was like this is you know we'll if you would have came to more. western michigan with me that would have like our lives have crossed basically everywhere you can if you would have came to western michigan with me too that would have just been bonkers so i don't know if you know this but i signed with niagara and then Chris Brooks called me after and said, I said, Hey man, I just, I just signed with Niagara. So I don't know if that was, I, I don't want to say, Hey, I was, I was going to get a ride to yeah. Western Michigan. I, I don't want to say that, but I know that he called me right after. pretty much right after. That would be very interesting if you, yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, I never even thought of this. Okay. So you go to the purple Eagles and um, I'm just, actually, it's not on my notes, but I just remember your helmets, purple helmets, ugliest equipment going. 
purple eagle like is that a thing is there actually purple eagles out there i don't know but anyways you guys have purple <laughs> equipment and then your purple yeah. helmets you guys gave stickers your coaches gave you guys stickers did they not claws yeah claws claws so it would be it would be similar if people want to look at look at ohio state of whatever they're putting on their helmets that's what in football had- in football the idea would be similar to that. So it was his you're saying the Ohio state Buckeyes in football, right? Like you're not saying when you say like the folks don't know what you're talking about, this is global. The Ohio so state Buckeyes say, okay. of like North American football put stickers on their helmets. So the Niagara purple Eagles start dishing out claws to put on their helmets. We're doing, if you block the shot, you got a claw. If you, made hits or got hit in the night you got a claw you know how many claws would agates have he he was he was a frequent collector of claws so his helmet would be full (laughs) (laughs) they just put him on his visor then i guess i don't know (laughs) they just gave him the whole roll of stickers and said do whatever you want (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so that was interesting thing i never played on a team that gave you stickers um i had to play like different times (laughs) with gold helmets but never stickers but that's that's cool my kids play with stickers now um i'm glad you guys were doing it but anyways moving on so you guys were actually good at niagara and i can see that like you have so there's a lot of sugar kings and we did have that a couple times you guys came to western michigan we came to niagara and obviously that's pretty cool of those coaches when you look back on it to set all that up for us, um, that they did that for us. Like those coaches obviously did that for us, that they set that up was Eggets, Natten, and you and Brian Mills. And then Western Michigan had Kevin Labatt, Daryl Moore and me, right? Is that it? Yeah. So yeah. seven guys off the sugar Kings and we all played division one hockey against each other in a game. That was pretty cool. It was cool. It was, yeah, it was, I, I'm ho- I'm hoping that they did that to set it up, but I don't know for sure, but it was great to, whenever we went to Kalamazoo or you guys came to Niagara, I know when you guys would come Niagara way, there'd be a ton of people from Elmira that came to the games. And like I said before, the observer, the local paper, and it was a huge story to see, sugar kings where are they now right so well and like oh, I, yourself yeah. and i are actually from elmira right like we're actually from there <laughs> yeah. yeah we are <laughs> um so other guys i i wanted to ask well actually other than those games though so we play each other right so we kind of know of each other but then during those years of of college is i want to go home and see you guys and you want to go home and like see everybody. So Elmira Maple Syrup Festival is uh, the Purple Eagles and the Broncos. And I get my carload of beauties and you get your carload of beauties and we all meet up. And I remember the one day was at Kyle Rank's old man's place, Richard. Remember that? Yeah. It's like I brought like Hanu Karu and Matt, Matt and I hadn't and seen him since junior B. And then there, yeah, there was a bunch of guys. Yeah. I had stretched yeah. Daryl, the whole crew. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, what a time. Meeting of minds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was when those two teams really, yeah, hit it off, I'd say. But uh, yeah. um, anyways, um, I want to talk about Nat and any good Nat and stories because you basically played with him like the whole time. I played with Natten three years of junior, four years of college. So that's seven. College, yeah. So that was seven to to start. So to stop there and explain college with Jeff and I was we both took marketing, right? And it was coming, we're picking our classes and be like, hey bud, what are we taking this semester? Right. And it was Jeff 24 seven. It was teaching Jeff how to do laundry and trying to do life lessons with the Dutch. Right. So then I start playing pro my second year I'm in Tulsa and I'm sitting in my stall and the coach comes up and is like, Hey, we just traded for a goalie or just picked up a goalie from Rio Grande Valley. Jeff, Fan, I said, you got to be shitting me. I said, he found me again. And Jeff shows up, drives from Rio Grande to Tulsa. And he comes and says, hey, bud, what's up? And I'm like, hi, Jeff. How are you again? And it was, so <laughs> it would be, so Jeff, obviously, I don't think he plays goalie anymore. And he plays out. And I'm guessing he is a tryhard. Oh, he was a disaster. Through through. If we talked about being competitive and if you're teaching colby about being competitive he is the epitome oh you don't you don't need to teach competitiveness yeah you don't need to teach competitiveness colby already has it and like vanaya not was he was worse than me like he actually was those do you remember the games with the sugar kings the soccer games before the games when he hit who he hit hog from behind into the wall and gave hardy a hematoma or something or it was his nut someone said like burst or something but no like that was all in warm-ups before the game Mm -hmm. like this is like before playoff games and it was all because who was gonna win the game (laughs) yeah and he would be so he was um so he was in the so when we were in Tulsa he was a goalie and I was a defenseman. And after practices, he would make me wait and he'd go in and take his gear off and come out and like skates and stuff and just be wheeling around. And he'd make me wear his trapper and blocker and helmet. And he'd take shots at me and wouldn't let me leave. I was like his little brother. He's just like, just come on, come a few more, like kind of thing, right? And then other things... <laughs> petty stories but he would come out and i was driving a toyota corolla down in tulsa and he grabbed an iceberg off like or a piece of ice from like from the zamboni like pile or whatever and i'm driving and i'm like waving at him and he hucks it and breaks my windshield i'm like (laughs) i'm like what is going on i'm sorry man i didn't mean to do that so i go get it replaced he ends up paying me for it yada 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 but then (laughs) the best story is we're near the end we're out we weren't very good in Tulsa that year 
and we are on a bus going on a bus trip. One of the last games or the last game of the season to Wichita, Kansas. One of the defensemen calls in and says, I can't play. So Jeff's like, all right, too late to call anyone up. Let me dress as a defenseman. So in a professional hockey game, Central Hockey League, Jeff Van Nynaten dresses as a defenseman. And who's his partner? Me. We dress our equipment manager as the backup goalie. And we're doing three-line shooting, pretty standard warm-up. Jeff buzzes the tower of the of the equipment manager or the <laughs> medical trainer it was in the net hits him right in the head i'm like okay we keep playing the game whatever puck comes around the boards he's playing left defense he actually he comes down the boards and just crushes a guy like crushes a guy like interference shit like like just a melee and she's i'm running in there i'm like he doesn't know he doesn't know he's a goalie he's a goal he doesn't know but he was the grin like <laughs> jeffrey just skating around in warm-up like chin strap unbuckled just like ogie oglethorpe <laughs> going around the ice just with his shit-eating grin was <laughs> just unbelievable like he actually, I, I knew he played a professional game as a defenseman. It is, it's just so incredible. And I could so just picture it. And like, if you don't know him, you can't picture it. But oh man, I like, I remember him being a goalie and he'd go out to center and challenge the other goalie. And the other goalie would come out and he would beat the wheels off him. And then clap his hands together and skate off the ice. Like, and then he'd go back to Stratford to his hometown. He'd be so competitive that like literally they could not score on him. But then it was the same in the basement when we were playing ping pong or shuffleboard, like every game we played was literally life and death. And that is how I was and him and myself and you like, I guess everybody, we just, we just competed with everything, right? <laughs> well, that, that episode of him when Boston University was watching him and he wasn't having a strong game and ended up putting himself out of the game and throwing the net off the, off the pegs and storming off. That was, that was him with his competitive nature, knowing that he let himself down and nobody else. It didn't matter. Who cared? He wasn't playing to his standard that he knows he can. But for me, eight years with with Natten, I've never played with a better goalie. Like the way he could handle the puck, the way he could play Nat was unbelievable. Like, and I don't know, like, did he get I don't know how he came to Elmira, whether he got cut from the Shirt Kings, yeah. Or from the yeah. Stratford, yeah, the Colton. Yeah. So no, but when you look back on it, which I never gave the executive and the GM and everybody enough credit because when you're a young kid from Elmira, you don't really get it. But like there was myself, yourself, Hogger, and the GM, the coach, whatever, like they realized with Agates and everybody that we had an opportunity and <sighs> They went out 
and got those players, right? Like they went out and got the guys from all over and built that team that we could actually win. And like, I never really put it together till I was older that like, imagine how much work they put in just to put that team together. Right. Like, no, I agree with that. The, the amount and things that go on behind the scenes for that year that we won and bringing Daryl Moore in and. Well, that was the year we lost. In, Don't bring that up. Yeah. Well, bring in fine, bring in Reed Norman and Dave Hardy in. However, that trade, like, I, I don't. But I it's don't not even it. that. It's really recruiting, like getting guys to come to your team instead mm-hmm. of Waterloo or Listowel or wherever. But anyways, we got to move on. Where were we? Where we were in Niagara and we talked about Natten. So the other guy, we've talked about Agates episode five. Everybody knows about him. Uh, just because most of the listeners here are in the UK, which are the Welsh fans, um, curious about playing with Bentivoglio. Sean, Sean Bentivoglio. Bentivoglio. Sean Benty. Yeah. No. Benty was unreal. Like his, I know he played in Thorold in junior and then came to Niagara as a freshman when I was a sophomore. And then when I left, he took off, but he was like the way he could skate and handle the puck and everything that he did was great. I know he played, I think a game with the Islanders and then played over in Italy and then ended up in Cardiff, right? Yeah, that's where he ended. That's why I was curious about it. But either way, like he seems like a good dude. I met him over there and I met him at a wedding and uh, he just seemed like a good dude. And he was another link there. But we'll, we're going to move on anyways, because we still haven't got into anything yet. We've been going a long time. So you do a good job at Niagara. Not a big school at that point, but you do in the CHA, which we never even got into winning that and how that was and like the tournament, but like you were a good player there. You're in a captain. So what are your pro options coming out of there? So as a senior, I'm going P. Um, okay. Keep talking. Okay. As a senior, um, for me, it was, you know, I wasn't signed. You know, I didn't have a deal like you did. Um, but there was a guy named Tom Blackington that his MO was to go after unsigned or undrafted seniors. So signed with him um, as my agent or whatever and ended up in getting a tryout with down in Columbia, South Carolina with the Columbia Inferno. Um, ended up getting cut on the last day there. Um, ended up not knowing what I was going to do. I thought, this is it. I have no idea. I have no connections. Like, this guy's out to lunch kind of thing. Went up to Niagara again. Then got a call from him that I was going to Bloomington, Illinois. I didn't know where that was. It was in the United League at that time. Sorry, that's the Brand- that's the Bloomington Prairie Thunder. We'd like to Correct. pronounce the full names on the pod because there's a Perfect. lot of beauty names in this uh, pod, but the Bloomington 
Prairie Thunder. So go to Bloomington, Illinois, and for the Bloomington Prairie Thunder, end up signing there for, I think my contract was $375 a week, which still getting paid to play hockey, I get it, but ended up meeting my wife now. That was in um, Bloomington, um, eh? Yeah, she you went met court to balls in Bloomington. I did, yeah. So played in Bloomington for the Bloomington Prairie Thunder for forty games. Somehow managed to make the All Star team in the United League that year. Hold on, uh, you made the All Star team because I had written down here that you played on three different teams, which were the Bloomington Prairie Thunders, the Chicago Hounds. And the Fort Wayne Comets, and you make an all-star team when you play on three different teams? I did. That's so unusual. Out of, out of Bloomington, myself and Alex Goopel um, make the all-star team for his nickname is Goop, League. eh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, right? What's his name? <laughs> Alex Goopel. Yeah, he's Goop, eh? <laughs> hey, Goop. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Just curious. So anyways, play there for 40 games, get traded to Chicago, play for the Chicago Hounds. And when I played Where the there, Chicago Hounds play out of, that can't be the uh, United Center, whatever it's called. No, we played out of Hoffman Estates. So we it was out of Hoffman Estates, Illinois. And we played in... What's um, that? There was some arena that they built right around there. I don't, it wasn't anything to do with the Chicago Wolves, anything like that. How many people did it sit? I think on a Wednesday night, I was in warm up and I counted literally 13 people in the stands. (laughs) Like it was, I thought it was dressed like a seat night. It was brutal. So I played there for nine games and then got traded to Fort Wayne. Well, folks, it's not my internet's problem anymore. I'm hardwired in, folks. This is Drew Banger's problem, and um, he uh, froze up there right in the middle of the Chicago Hounds. So, uh, yeah, basically, you weren't there long, and then you got traded somewhere again. So I was in Chicago for nine games. For, as an I, I don't. Yeah, as an all-star, so a hot product, guess. So anyways nine games there i don't move out of the hotel um i finally move in like two days into a apartment with the goalie marty majors and then i go to a practice right around the trade deadline on the other side of the city and i drive there get my gear on i'm in the room and these guys are kind of looking at me and i'm like getting a weird vibe from these guys. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go on the ice, skating around, shooting pucks, whatever. Equipment manager calls me over. I'm like, okay. Go in. Coach meets me. Hey, you've been traded to Fort Wayne. Fair enough. Took my gear off, left the rink. Was out of the, was out of Chicago in, within an hour because I never – I didn't unpack anything. Right? That's 
you know, yeah. the secret yeah. of minor hockey or minor, minor pro, pro hockey is you don't hang anything on the walls and if you're unsure, don't unpack your bags. So end up going from Chicago Hounds to the Fort Wayne Comets in Fort Wayne, Indiana. This place, if your listeners are from around the world, this place is, you know, a minor pro hockey mecca. Like they love the Comets. And the first night went there and played on a Saturday night. We were playing the Rockford Ice Ice Hogs, I believe. And they had it was sold out. They had 10 to 12,000 people there. And I'm like, this is insane. 10 so, to 12,000? Yeah. On a every regular night. season game? Every well, yeah, every night. It was it was unbelievable. Like the the Franke brothers um, run the team there. I think they're still involved with it, but the way they run that is similar to like the Hunter guys in London. Like it's very similar. So end up playing there for the rest of the season. And then our goalie, Kevin St. Pierre was going down to sign in Tulsa, Oklahoma in central league and brought myself and another guy that played in Fort Wayne with him down to Tulsa. So so that year you're an all-star, you get traded a couple times and you end up in Fort Wayne, which is awesome. You end that year, like, did you want to go back to Fort Wayne and they didn't want you or like, what's the deal? They sent me, they sent me a qualifying offer to come back, but this goalie was, he held a lot of records and was very successful in minor pro. And we were going down to Tulsa. He was going down there. Jeff Christian was signing there who just won the league MVP in the central league. It was supposed to be the next big thing. And it just wasn't, but an interesting fact was, I don't know if anyone can top this, but I, in that first year of pro, I was the only I feel like I'm the only guy to ever be in three team photos in a year. That's like, pretty good. Like you're actually I was basically in the collecting track suits that year. So, yeah, well, I bet you're still, I'm still wearing some of mine. I hope you're still wearing some of yours. The track suits mm-hmm. are nice. Very true. Right. Like you got to so, pay for that shit now. Yeah, I know. Um, the UK. So, other thing is, is I know you like going on vacations and I do too. Um, if you were thinking of going to Blue Mountain, Collingwood area, like where the Waltons originated, like where GG Walton is from. If you go to stayinblue.ca and put in Wally 20 and a minimum three night stay, guess what? 20% off your stay. That's golfing trips, bachelor parties. That's whatever you guys are doing that's whatever you gals are doing if there's a bachelorette party if you guys are going to blue mountain collingwood area why would you pay full price folks put in wally 20 make it happen that seems like a hell of a deal folks too i mean just to echo off his pitch there but with the pandemic opening up here in ontario it might be might be golf season to book things and it'll probably book up quick. So you, uh, they, they won't be, they, yeah, you may as well get 20% off. Right. Because like Why they not? are going to book up soon. Like 
everybody's going to be golfing. Everybody's going to be out and about. <laughs> it's go time, baby. Anyways, moving on is you were an all-star, played for three teams. Then you get to the Tulsa Oilers, which we've discussed. Jeff Van Nyatten was on the team, but episode 28, Justin Miser, he already dropped his name, so I don't know if it feels bad now, but in the Daytona Beach Bombers, we played with a fella that tried to fill a wall with beer cans. He was on the roster in Tulsa. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Kelly. Um, yes, correct. What was his first name? Paul. Paul Kelly. So the yeah. stinkiest, stinkiest practice player I've ever played with. Literally, his farts could clear rooms. Um, he could skate by you on a flow drill, like get the touch pass. And just leave you with like a special present, and then you're trying to pass, and you're like, "Come on, man!" He was. <laughs> as, for me, that was my second year pro, and I still had that in mind. Like, hey, have a good year. Let's go to the AHL. Like, come on. Were you still making it? Happen. Were you still huh? making it? No, <laughs> I was thinking. I didn't. No one told me, but. Paul Kelly was a very talented player, but he liked to have fun. Um, he one time in a game slept through, like showed up like five minutes before the game. And cause he, I think he had a rough night the night before. So his pregame nap went a little longer and he came and got a hat trick and won I think in, like down in the South, he win like a stet. I think he won a Stetson hat or a pair of cowboy boots or something for scoring a hat trick. And it was, and he was he, crushed. He was a weapon. Like, he oh was, yeah, he's a beauty. What a guy that year in Dayton, man. And like he, he was our third line center and he was an important player for us. And like that guy could do her, man. He could, he could do her. He could burn it at both ends and still show up. He could just He could. It. He could. It didn't matter how bad he smelt. Really didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so the Tulsa Oilers, were they any good? We were not good. I think I don't know how many names we had on the roster that year, but it was it seemed like a revolving door of people coming in, coming out. We Isn't that what minor hockey is? Like, it's such a team sport in North America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, went through a coaching change and then that didn't help much. So yeah, that, that was a year in Tulsa that I think I mentioned earlier that I always played on good teams other than Waterloo and that team. That was, that was the hardest year, I think, to, to keep going. So. And, and that was the goalie. Like, was he not good? He, he came late, late in the year. So he only played. I don't know how many games, a handful maybe, but he wasn't there all year. I wonder what he was like in pro. I can't wait to have him on and hear about some of these stories because, like, I'm curious what he's like in pro because, like, he is quite the goalie. And, like, he is as – like, I've played ping pong with him. I know how competitive he is. I know it drove him absolutely loony tunes 
when he couldn't win at ping pong. And when he did, he was the proud, proudest punch. But if he lost a ping pong, he'd be like ripping up my parents' yard and like with his Jimmy driving off the, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, well, his, his, his first game when he came to Tulsa, this wasn't, you know, the Jeff I knew from college with rules and stuff with Niagara and everything. So we're playing like soccer kick around or whatever. And he's got a dart idling in his mouth, like as we're playing <laughs> soccer. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like this is, this is Jeff like raw and right here. This is, and guys were like, you know, what, what is this? Like this guy kidding? Like this is his first, like first game, like first impressions go a long way. And the dad, he showed up and just, like, hey, puts guys. A, he puts a dart in his mouth and starts playing two touch. He lit, he's having a smoke and we're playing two touch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That was his first day on the new team. Yes. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I'm like, guys are like, who is this guy? I'm like, just trust me. Trust me. He's, he'll be good. <laughs> He's really good. At, yeah. It's like with my body, when I got to Cardiff, I know uh, pigs wrote to Chris Frank from Western Michigan and said, this Wally guy, your buddy, like this body, is this real? Like what the hell? And, and Frank just wrote, <laughs> Yeah, that's Wally. Like, don't worry about it. He's good. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It happens. Like, it's hard, right? Like, anyways, you can't smooth. you can't judge a book by its cover, right? You have well, to see everything yeah. about it. <laughs> and you are, you are who you are. So, that's moving true. on, um, then you go from there to where you find a bit of a home in minor hockey is the Mississippi River Kings. You're there for three years. And you score over 20 points a year. That was one of the best, you know, years. Like, it was about two and a half years of just the best. Like, we, I played for Kevin Kaminsky, who played in the NHL, was, was a very successful coach. But his style of playing, like, killer's way of playing was just, like, you either bought in and it, it, it took, you know, maybe a handful of games for guys to buy in and really trust the system to play. But when you had guys that were committed to it and played it, it was stifling to play against. His track pressure and everything like that was insane to play. It was fun to play in. Um, he was a pretty tough guy. He was talented, but he was tough too in the NHL. You could YouTube him, Kevin Killer Kamensky, and you'll see his time in Washington and stuff fighting guys. But it was just fun. Like we down in the South, when you play in the States, it's primarily a football area. You want to you know, people are want to see action, you know, anything like that. So if we'd be, if we'd be winning going into the third period, you come in and say, okay, we basically have the game here. Let's sell some tickets. And that was, okay, we'll, we'll go, we'll go fight just to, <laughs> to keep people coming back. And Were you worked. fighting? 
I fought maybe five times a year. Not, I wouldn't say I was. I wouldn't say you're a fighter. Like I can no. beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I think the year that Courtney and I were in Mississippi, we had wedding photos coming up. She's like, I never tell you how to play. I never interfere with your career or anything. All I ask is we have wedding photos on Monday. Do not fight this weekend. All right, cool. I will not. So we end up playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so Friday night, Saturday night on the Friday night at home. Um, no, yeah, Friday night at home, Saturday night on the road, Sunday afternoon back in Mississippi. I end up fighting all three games. Like just no <laughs> – no regard for anything. Not my fault. Not and, your fault. You well, can't, yeah, I, a, I understand. Back in the day, like when somebody says, "Like we're fighting," like you can't be the, you can't the, not do it. You have the to do fri- it. Okay, so explaining this, the Friday. Hey, one by the way, me. long episode. Hazy sunset. So, the Friday night game, I think, was. Um, against Tulsa, the guy hit me, and then we ended up fighting. The Saturday night game was in um, Missouri, and there was a guy that I'd skated with a bit in Bloomington when I was living kind of there between seasons when Courtney was living there, uh, Cole Rui. So we're sitting there. There's a line brawl going on. He comes up to me, he's like, hey, man, like, and we're literally chatting while this fight's going on. Everyone's fighting. I, he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm kind of on the bubble here. I need to do something to kind of be noticed here. I said, I explained to him, I said, listen, I got wedding photos on Monday, like, just no punching in the face. If you get, start getting the better of me, just stop. So we end up fighting, and Courtney's watching with the girls, and it's just fuck sakes whatever so call her after the game she's like what's going on for like two in a row i'm like all right tomorrow is sunday afternoon like three games in two and a half days will not fight tomorrow guy hits me from behind <laughs> on sunday afternoon end up fighting him too so but uh, well when your buddy asks you and says like i need this like what are you supposed to do right like you you do that it yeah Right, like I do, do, I do that. I hundred <laughs> percent. I would like if your buddy says I need this, let let's do it. Yeah, and it's just well. like all my buddies now. I text them, and they're like, "I'm like, hey, I need you. You want to do a pod?" They're like, "Yep," and I'm like, "Okay, done. Let's do it." <laughs> oh dear. Okay. So yeah, from from uh, Mississippi, they end up third year the reason i go to texas is because they end up oh you think you're the host you think you're the host again hey sorry you think you're the host again jeez trying to direct the chat i'm just oh you're directing okay then andrew andrew what are you drinking there anyways there's two ales and hockey tails what's that you getting twisted tonight no that's that's my calming feature that's white rum and diet oh okay I drank um, beers playing golf today, and that was ending up in a bad way. So you said, put your game face on, so I switched. 
Okay, fair enough. Um, so you went to the Texas Brahmas. They did? From the Mississippi River Kings. But just on a personal note, when you're going through all this up and down and moving around and basically living the life of a minor pro athlete. Yeah. Um, and you had met Courtney, um, Court Balls, who is also owner of Peachy Keen Studio, Wally 15. Um, but was she with you for any of this or where, what's go, what goes on in your romantic life, Andrew? I never really get to talk about this. So, um, in minor pro, like in the minor pro you're dealing with here, um, um, how do you keep a relationship, Andrew? So do your listeners want to hear this, this story? Oh God, this is love. They love it. (laughs) If you can't get through it, shut it down. (laughs) Okay, so as I mentioned before... Don't Courtney run on met... too long, though. Let's get to the facts. I won't. So, Courtney... <laughs> Courtney and I meet when I'm in Bloomington, Illinois for the Bloomington Prairie Thunder for 40 games. We're getting to know one another. And then I get traded away as the suitcase I am. And I end up in Tulsa. Um, then end up in Mississippi. Uh, three years go by, we're still like, you know, chatting on the phone. I believe when we came back in the summers, you talked to her a few times on the phone, right? But this was before Instagram or Twitter, any of this other horse shit. Like you actually had to call her. Calling. Yeah. And somehow figuring up T9 text and. And you couldn't even uh, see each other, right? Like there weren't video chats. No. There was no Skyping or Zoom or FaceTime, anything like that. There was AOL Messenger, if you remember that. That sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So, so, anyways, after... I hope I you weren't my... too aggressive on AOL chat. <laughs> no, I wasn't poking or anything on <laughs> Facebook, like late night just a quick poke to check in the morning like no i wasn't doing that however so i play my first year in mississippi we're still chatting and then my second year no my first year right so we're chatting and she's like hey and she brings her friend kelly with her and they're like we have a bachelorette party in memphis i was like well memphis that's just you know 20 minutes down the road from me where i was in mississippi so we meet at a bar and then that summer we kind of rekindled and tell each other how we feel about each other and we're dating from that point i don't end up going home that summer i came home once and met with you guys and then dunner mentioned it in my wedding speech about waking up and getting back to Bloomington to see her. And so then I said, okay, so after eight months, we get engaged and then we get married and I'm like, okay, we'll play, I'll play two more years and then that'll be it. So she ends up coming to Mississippi for, I think two years. 
and then to Texas for my last year. And then she had never been like a hockey wife and had never lived that life, which isn't a, it's a very strange life for like Lisa. She got into it young, kind of lived it right till the end. Um, But like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she loved it. I think it was okay. We'll put this on pause for hockey season. And it just, (laughs) I don't think she liked it too much, but. It's a strange, it's a strange, it's a strange life, but like, I find it very interesting that, cause I remember the story of like, you guys, you only played 40 games in that town and like you meet her and then you guys stay in contact for that long to end up living in Elmira and being married with two girls is it's pretty special. And that I have spilt water in super Dave's bed as it makes it even more special. <laughs> so moving <Very> on. <laughs> um, I do know. I, I don't think we have time for this tonight, folks. It's been too long, but I did see you played with Alki from King Carden on the River <laughs> Kings, right? Was it just the River Kings? Yeah, I played with Jeff Elkenbrack and the Mississippi River Kings, and it was Uncle Elky hooking up with chickens and yep. Either way, moving on. Next, <laughs> next team is the Texas Brahmas. I see that you like because I look at playoff games. That's kind of like what I'm into. Um, yeah. That year you played twelve, so that means you went pretty deep. Um, I think because your other years mm-hmm. weren't as much. Um, but you scored 20 points, and you also played with my old line mate, Adam Hogg, which I haven't hardly seen since Junior B. Yeah, he um, he was our captain. He came from Colorado and moved to Texas with family, and that's, I think, where he is now. I haven't really talked to him much lately. He didn't come on that chat with us for the Sugar King. No, I no, he went, no, I didn't see him on there. Um, I haven't uh, talked to him in a long time. I last, I think last time I saw him was uh, there. Well, it's either Rodney Bauman's wedding or um, I don't know which one's first. But when I was playing in Syracuse, he was coaching. Um, right. like a, a prep school or something. A prep right? school or something, and they were coach they were playing against a team in Syracuse and Mm -hmm. we went out for the night because I was a healthy scratch and never got to go on the road trip. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, I think for him, he was, he went to St. Lawrence for four years and then was a teacher for a year and then went and said, I'm not doing this yet. And then wanted to play more. Yeah. So then I guess you guys played for a bit, but it's a long time ago with the Shuriken. It's been a long time since I've seen that cat. I hope I could run into him again or chat with him again. Uh, yeah. But moving on, so the other guy, or not a guy, like, so did were you guys good there? Like, how'd that season go? Like, what's it like living in, like, where in Texas are the Brahmas? We were in North Richland Hills, so, like, it'd be probably maybe 30 minutes from Dallas. Um, basically like 
close to like the Dallas, like Fort Worth is close to there too. So you go to like Billy Bob's is a big country bar with, with like big names that come and it's just like gigantic. And they have like the running of the bulls down and down in Fort Worth. And it's crazy. Like it's a different world down there. Like just. They have their, their annual traditions and what they do. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the Southern mentality is, you know, something that (laughs) is to be desired, I guess a little bit on some points, but um no it was fun I mean I was I felt fortunate to be able to play for six years and I just knew that was enough I think well my last year in Texas the last game in the playoffs against Wichita I got my finger slashed in half and ended up taping them together and playing the overtime and then we ended up losing and that was it for me so that's funny eh? when you're taping your finger up to play minor pro and then you lose the game. Like if you would have won the game and you end up winning the championship, you're like, it's all worth it. It was all <laughs> worth it. It was all worth it. But when you don't, you're like, what am I doing? Like, what yeah. am I doing? Yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. I know when you're in it, it's it, you're in it. Right. It's, it doesn't matter. You don't think about, what you're going to go through years down the road or injury or whatever that you deal with now, you don't think, well, at least I didn't. Sometimes I no, I'm the exact same. And like, we grew up watching the guys on the Elmire Shurikings and they were like, this is what it takes. This is what you do. And I, I saw we were a team like that. Like we would do anything for each other. You had ice bags on each other but we learned from those guys what it took to win. And I think it, I don't know, it carried over in my career. Right. I, I think the same thing. I think how you mentioned before, like learning from fish and Fearman and Eddie and Beaner, like all those guys, like, and I could name a million more. Right. But like, you kind of like, we were, what were we? 17 at no, that time yeah, 17 that, 18 yeah something like that right like it was just like i don't know and <laughs> well yeah. and, and then you go through three four rounds in your hometown like best of seven against like legit like we like a thorough nathan horton john scott like it's all been mentioned but like when like you play against all of them like and then <laughs> with your hometown you beat them all it's it's pretty wild stuff right like when you look back on it now that 20 years later we're having a zoom call with all these guys that were from all over the world and we were just from Elmira (laughs) we were just practicing our sauce passes on your driveway (laughs) yeah I mean the I I mean I know you have listeners from all over the world but to small towns in canada i'm not taking away anything from around the world but that's where where you learn life lessons and and everything right but for me anyways and i don't know about you but it sounds like no it was uh it's all like growing up with you and Weidman and Rodney and Hogger and 
like being around Mennonites and seeing how hard they can work and like not like yeah, the whole thing is just like Elmira is a hard working town and you see, you know, it just that's how we grew up, right? Like you- I don't know if it's it's from that Mennonite mentality, but for me is what I've carried with me is like are you hurt or are you injured? you're hurt you can play if you're injured you can't right like oh yeah injured you're is hurt, totally we different we can find a way for you to play we can tape numb pill whatever so you can play but if you're injured you're injured no right? yeah if something's dislocated if something's out or like yeah no i totally get it i it's a hundred percent the first year when i was a rookie Derek clancy said to me I was not feeling good one day and he said, are you hurt or are you injured? And I was like, what do you mean? And then he told me and I was like, I'm just hurt. I'll be there. (laughs) Um, Okay. Moving on is then you decide you're done, but you move back while you're in Texas or something, right. For a while. And then you, you, you guys, Tell them there's something happens there where you guys move back to Elmira and then you play for the Brantford Blast. Yeah. So we spent about a year and a half. We moved to Addison, Texas. Courtney was working for a company just outside of Dallas. So I was done. And then I tried getting my citizenship. We were planning on living I know we were looking at houses around Texas in Arlington and stuff, but we just realized we were too far away from everything. At that time, Courtney's parents were. There was in, no ties to there. Yeah, there was, there was nothing that kept us there. I think the one thing Courtney said was like, we're out for dinner with people. Like we don't have Brent. We don't have a Scott. We don't have anyone. You don't have anyone here, right? Who the who's Brent? <laughs> we don't have Wally. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we didn't have anything. And at the time, her parents were in Maryland. Her sister was in um, Illinois. Like, we weren't, we were a full travel day from everyone. My dad ended up getting sick and passing away. And then, like, we were just like, what are we doing here? So, ended up, you know, taking, like, just saying, all right, we're moving from basically the Dallas area to Elmira, right? And, yeah, so we did that, and and, and now, you're, now you're a cop, and now everything's worked out, right? Yeah. So then, yeah, for the Brantford Blast, I don't know how long I didn't go without playing, but then ended up playing in the, I guess the Allen Cup era of that, and I had no idea what that was when I was playing, but ended up playing with some great guys. I played with. Brandon Dietrich and Joel. Oh, Perfect don't talk and... dirty to me. Do you, <laughs> do you know that he's the one that brought me to Germany and is the reason my email is Brent Walton 10 is because he wore number 10 with the sugar things when I was just a young buck. And uh, now I just want him on the podcast. You know, I just want him to come on so we can talk about how he brought me to Germany and why I wore number 10, you know? And Dieter's, Dieter's a firefighter in Kitchener now, so we cross paths with me as police, and I'll well, see him, and it's... If you yeah. see him, 
until he comes on the pod, spray him with the hose. Okay. <laughs> I will. I'll what try. If, yeah. If that guy doesn't come on soon. Oh boy. It's going to be lights out. <laughs> Anyways, next question then is uh, last question. Actually, I think we've pretty well covered everything other than. Um, we got to say a thank you to all of our sponsors before the last question is first one is peachy keen studios and lakeside organic glow sugaring spray tanning eyelash extensions 15% off with wally 15 you just gotta say wally 15 before it happens folks or else it doesn't count as soon as the action starts happening doesn't count and the next one is stayinblue.ca. If you're going to Collingwood Blue Mountain area, why wouldn't you get 20% off? It doesn't make any sense. Stayinblue.ca. Wake up, folks. You're going golfing. The world's back open. Let's rock and roll. Stayinblue.ca. Um, Wally 20 on that one, folks. Wally 20, not 15. That's a 20. And last question. Do you play church league in Elmira? I do. I play for the Floridale Flyers. So I've never went to, it's kind of a loose term for church league, but it used to be where you had to attend the church to play, but it's. That's what I, so when I was in grade six to say grade eight, um, there were like, yeah, like it, it was supposed to be about the churches, right? Is it not about the churches now? It's not about the churches anymore, but there's, you know, Rodney Bauman, who you've mentioned, plays. Ken Dunn, who was a Sugar King, plays. There's a lot of your brother-in-law, Scott Weaver, plays. Are you guys all Floridale Flyers? We're all Floridale Flyers. We are the oldest team in the league, however... When COVID shut us down, we were headed to the finals, but we are, we're the grumpiest team in the league. We're probably the most penalized team in the league. Uh, the 1030 games seem to hinder us because we're old, but there's a lot of young Thundercats that play in the league with masks and shoulder pads, which is unheard of. And I think that competitive nature comes out about chirping and fighting and things like that where yeah you got to get up to work the next day and you might get suspended for a week but if you are working shift work and you can't make it then you might take some liberties but that's neither here nor there (laughs) well you gotta keep it real like if they're gonna take liberties you gotta let them know who's there right well it it kind of turned into a different i don't know about you but you turn into a different person when you go on the ice, I think for me, pretty anyways. much the same person all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just focused on different things. I'd say <laughs> like when I'm on the ice, I'm like, yeah, no, just <laughs> focused on different things, but I would always have your back, whether it was on or off the ice. And like, I no, I'm the same wherever I was, I, on the ice, off the ice, I was the same. I know there's guys where like you would see them as soon as they put on skates and get a stick, 
like their eye kind of just went like a little torqued <laughs> and you're like oh my god he like he's nuts but like there was a lot of guys that were completely different van Nijnan was completely different playing ping pong with him yeah it's, it's competing it's a competitive major i guess i don't know i know you can't explain it oh it's just in us it's just i i see it in colby too like my little guy like he he gets so mad about losing like at anything it's it's something it's but that's kind of like what all of us and our friends did and i can't thank the sugar kings enough for bringing in that group of guys that taught us how to win and uh and basically like they did mold us like agates fish those guys were like but it wasn't it we were all competitive and like everything we played was like competitive like there's some there's a winner there's a loser there's no participant medals you know and we were chirping each other the whole way through and i i think that would be another topic for another podcast with how things are run now but i'll bite my tongue on that i think there was oh. we were raised in an era when you you told you weren't good enough you were told you were cut they were told that you have to work harder you were disciplined for not giving an effort you, you weren't know, given a medal if you didn't win it was you, about winning you, and losing you, so like if you got cut from a team they would tell you like, so you didn't make the team because of this, this, and this, but if you work on this, this, and this by next year, maybe you'll make the team. Now there's no review. There's no discussion. It's like, there's a list up like, yeah. Anyways, I, I don't know what it's like in minor hockey. I'm just getting into it, but um, no, I, I miss the days like where, yeah. You know what I mean. Hey, I know what you mean. Yeah. But I'll be PC and say yay for everyone. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Like, I miss hanging out with you. Like, I I do live in Kincardine now. I know that. Um, But, yeah, I miss you. Well, with, with things opening up, you know, with this pandemic and people getting needles in arms and things will open up soon so yeah no and it's all gonna go It'll back liberty to, to gather again and next thing you know everybody's gonna be getting spray tans teeth whitening sugarings lash extensions everybody's gonna say wally 15 and then we're gonna hit the bayfield brewery for some pints with our spray tans and everything's gonna be great talk about living hey this is 2021 like Legit, this is real. It's so, real life. Wally 15, spray tans, white teeth, sugaring, full body in Elmira. Not so in Concordant, folks. We will not do your undercarriage, men. We will not get that. So, this has been. Do you have anything else for me? No, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I know we've been maybe two hours of this, but it's been great to revisit everything and buddy i'm honored to be on your podcast we we could have done this 10 different 
times and it would sound 10 different ways. Like literally we could talk about so many different things that this was just a one time thing. Like this isn't like I live, I live in Concord now and I got a lot of people I need to talk to. So (laughs) this is just a one time thing. So next time you got to answer my call again and we got to do it again. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a follow-up for sure. But thank you again for having me. This has been awesome, man. All right. And that has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Drew Banger and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tanaka bands. I'm like Pete Southtown's Van Van. I'm always speaking my mind.